Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Yeah, New Year. 2020. First, First episode of the 20s. It's pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> you just like saying that, don't you? I do. We're yeah. in the 20s again. Yeah. So we're talking about highly effective marriage tips. This is relevant to all times of year, but also yes. helpful for right now as people might be planning, thinking through what they want to be doing intentions-wise, new intentions for the new year. But um, this is always relevant and will help you any time of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to share with you guys some stories in and out, but we have four main highly effective marriage tips that we have experienced both the good of doing them and the hard aspects when we haven't done them. Yeah, this is likely a very personal episode. We'll find out. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You never know what's going to go because do you know? Oh, that rhymed. I must be around kids. But uh, do you know that uh, we don't edit anything in the middle? So we no. hit play and we go and then we hit end and then there is editing, but it's in the front and back and, you know, there's an insertion of a parenting mentor program commercial in the middle sometimes. But other than that, we just go. So, you know what we're saying because we're not editing anything out. That's right. So raw and real. Here we go. <laughs> so thir- first of all, thank you so much for all the reviews Wow, we finished an incredible year, just shy of 400,000 downloads of the podcast, Huge. And, uh, over 1,000 ratings on iTunes, over 200 written reviews there, and um, almost all of them are five stars. So thank you so much, because that puts us in the ranking. Often, at some points of every week, we're in the top 200 list of religion and spirituality. Uh, the movement is Courageous Parenting. So that's pretty amazing. So we're doing it together, and we appreciate that. So the first thing, just before we get into the points is the importance of viewing your marriage as a powerful team. Mm-hmm. This is something that we have always strived for, thought of, envisioned. And the ver- first verse that comes to my mind is the one that talks about four is better for two than for one, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and I know that for myself, my own personal testimony is that I love the Lord and I wanted to serve him with everything that I was. And I thought the best way to do that would be by being single. And I was a distraction. And being a missionary. Yeah. And you were the distraction at the time. And my perspective needed to change on what marriage actually was mm-hmm. in order for me to be able to step into the fullness of the ministry that God actually did have for me. And... um I'm not saying that being a missionary is lesser than or anything like that if you're single and you're a missionary. But for me, the reasoning behind why I was pursuing that, even though my intentions of wanting to just serve God were good, I had a skewed view of what biblical marriage was. And it wasn't until a single missionary that was mentoring me rebuked me and said, did you realize that you would be able to serve totally different people more people actually if you were married yeah and that shocked me 
Yeah. Right. I just kind of like at the core. And little did I know that also there's the element of when you are married, the sanctifying part of it. Right. And how it grows you and changes you in yeah. so many ways. And I didn't believe in marriage uh, until I met Angie, actually, and started to understand what the Bible said about marriage. I think it was the book Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis that actually got me thinking about marriage in a positive terms, because, I mean, most kids growing up see divorce all around them, whether it's their friends or their own parents and things like that. And so I certainly saw a lot of that and just go, why would I try to do something that nobody can succeed at? Right. Why would you try something if you're sure to fail or there's Yeah, I just a had huge, a weird yeah. philosophy about it back mm -hmm. then, but I wasn't saved either. And uh, biblical marriage is incredible. It yeah. is absolutely incredible. And when you do get saved and you become a new creation, it's interesting how drastically different your perspectives are on all things, including marriage. Yeah. And so that is just a sign of the work of the Holy Spirit in life. Right? It is. So a marriage team can be incredibly powerful. Now, you might be thinking when I say that, oh, powerful marriages where both are like working in the work world or something <laughs> like that. It's not necessarily what I'm talking about at all. Um, I'm talking about when you guys are doing these four things, the the impact for the kingdom of God can be really powerful. That's right. That's so, what matters most. Yeah, for sure. And I, I would say that we have experienced doing things as a team, many different yeah. things, um, but we've also experienced pursuing things kind of on our own, not as a team. Yeah, let's kind of, we're going to do a brief history real quick. This might be fun. Uh, yeah. We didn't write it out or anything, but uh, it's 20 years now married. So that's yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. So we're at eight kids, as most of you know, and ages one and a half to 19. Yeah. So when we first met, we actually met working together. Yeah. So that's quite an interesting way to start out your relationship. A lot of people can't do that, but for us, but we're we both were college students to. and yeah. working together. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually was. I think the best boot camp for us because mm. we were building a business together. We yeah. worked together. Um, even though I was working for you as an assistant, mm. actually, that and that taught me a level of submission mm -hmm. that has been really helpful for our whole marriage yeah. because you were my manager. Yeah. And so um, just starting out the relationship like that and that there was a level of respect and helping that yeah. I had to learn, and that was my job. Yeah. Um, and then taking that into marriage, it just was a very natural transition. There wasn't... Um, and then yeah. we're very quickly, we were going to wait a couple of years, but quickly we had uh, Kelsey, you were pregnant with Kelsey, and you, so then you stayed home because it was a hard pregnancy, and yeah, I was, was working full-time, and it was a busy time uh, as, as things were building. And I would say um, we were... Um, in alignment at that time yeah absolutely and for a long time and and just kind of cut it short because that's not what this episode's about yeah there's a lot of things we did but i would say the vineyard was uh, a mission aligned uh an endeavor yeah where we did yeah. that together i would say remodeling the big house uh was mm -hmm. aligned there's all kinds of things like that flipping condo yeah know? i mean we've, yeah. we've done a lot of different things over the years but i i would say too just for me looking back as a mom, I mean, a lot of women might go, oh, well, I don't feel like I'm a part of my husband's work at all. Like you worked with him. Mm. But the reality is, is I got pregnant four months after we got married and I was very sick and I was still doing school as well as yeah. working. And I had to train up receptionists and people to take over jurisdictions. Helped, yeah. And I was still present. Like I would go into the office, but I wasn't working there anymore. And I was definitely 
more of a stay-at-home wife. And I could have gone the way of having a hard time with feeling like I was part of the team, but you did something that was really powerful for me in giving me continued vision and sharing with me, affirming me and how important my role was just as an example to the younger women who were either working for us or were significant others of people who were working for us because we always saw it as ministry. And I always wanted to showcase my wife. First of all, she's beautiful, strong, brilliant, but- Are you uh, saying I was a trophy wife? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a trophy wife. That's not what I'm saying, but but the real point is uh, maybe a little bit. But but what I was saying is that um, I also you know just wanted her presence so that there was a distinction. Like okay, he's married; it's not just a ring. Yes. They have a strong, good marriage, yes. and there wasn't that temptation for others to maybe hit on me or whatever. Yeah, and those kinds of things. And we were really careful with boundaries, and I knew that, so it was a lot easier for me to trust there because young mm. marriages are building trust, right? Yeah, and um. I, I think that looking back, though, as far as feeling like I'm part of a team, even though you were the one going to work, because mm -hmm. that's what most marriages experience, right, is that yeah. they're going in different directions or one staying at home while the other's going out. Yeah. And it can feel like they're not in alignment, actually. Yeah. And I think that what is really important is to affirm, to give vision to give opportunity for a presence in what you're doing. So important. So um, find a way to do that. Don't just block that out and say, well, my situation is different. Yeah, we're all in different situations. We have different situations today mm -hmm. than those early days. But how can you do that, guys? How can you empower your wife, even if you're not working technically together? How can you be on mission together, which is super important? Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. It's the first point aligned mission. But on the history a little bit, there's... There was a lot of things we could talk about, but I remember one time we were misaligned, uh, where yeah. where and that was my fault. Where I went invest. You're you're gonna think this is you might think poorly of me right now, but I'm just being transparent. There was a time where the real estate market was falling apart, so a guy was convincing me of uh, racehorses, and so I invested <laughs> in racehorses, and he had a pretty good case. And it was a small portion of our uh, income at the time or savings, so it wasn't yeah. like we're gonna lose our, right. our, our money or anything all our money but but it definitely was a sizable amount of money and uh the the short of the story is we lost money on that and at the end of it uh the name of the horse was expensive decision but you tried to name it storming angel i did name it storming angel it's actually an official paperwork and things you send in yes, it's not but something. when we went to sell the horse it was it was they, they were laughing at me decision. at the end they were laughing at me then these people i worked with you know from afar and they said, we were always wondering why you named a racehorse expensive decision. <laughs> oh, that's a kind of a long story Anyways, too with that horse. God's but funny. Anyway, God's it was, really funny. It was something that you did on your own without talking to me. It was kind of hasty. Yeah. You were excited. We had actually invested in a different racehorse and it went well. And so then when this one came up, and it had a good lineage. You were like, yeah. And you just went for it. Interesting and it didn't stuff, right? didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. It took me about five years to even share that story. It was so embarrassing. But anyways. <laughs> You've grown so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so that's out of alignment. Um, a lot of things I could yeah. say in alignment. But for time, there was another one out of alignment where um, uh, I joined up with a business partner to start a company. And um, that just occupied, sucked the life out of me and you really didn't feel like a, a you were included in that mm -hmm. and that was really a tough thing and it ended up going out of business and so if what i what i've experienced is that whether my wife is working with me directly or not if i don't 
um, if we don't feel like we're mission aligned together, mm -hmm. then it's not as fruitful as it could be. Yeah. And with the, with that particular experience that you're referring to, I think that what was really important, which is similar to the other experience was that there was a lack of communication breakdown in our marriage during that time. And you were making decisions without me Yeah, and decisions that even I had felt were dangerous or not wise. And frankly, if I would have listened to her, it would have saved us a lot of money. Yeah. In pain. We ended up, I mean, that was our big business failure that ended yeah. up, we ended up losing almost everything. But you stood but right there, committed, confident totally. the I mean, whole we time. go through it all. And I think that this yeah. is actually an important message for marriages because um, in marriage, I get a lot of questions about um, submission and different mm. things like that. And it's not an easy conversation to have with people today, yeah. but I think that in that regard, it wasn't that I just was quiet and kept things to myself. When I saw red flags, I came to you and I shared those things with you, but I also re I, I definitely submitted to you in the sense of saying, but I trust you to make the decision. Yeah. So I give you the information and I put it back on your plate, knowing that you're the one that has to make the decision. And then I just had to trust. And even when it wasn't maybe what I was thinking was the right decision, I would just pray even more. And yeah, we did suffer a lot. But when you're one, which is what marriage is, mm -hmm. you don't have a choice to not be walking through suffering together. Right. You don't have a choice to not experience consequences together. It actually was kind of... I would never want this on anyone or ourselves, but in hindsight, it was it brought us closer together. Yeah, and it was what God needed to refine me and probably our marriage too, and, yeah. and make our family even stronger, which is which is cool. But not it, that's not always the response in those challenges. Now and I don't not want everybody to, has to experience that to learn the lessons that we had either. And because this yeah. episode, we're going to dive into these four tips. I just talked about a couple of big mistakes. I do want you to know. I made hundreds of really good yes, financial decisions and all kinds of things over time. However, all it takes is one bad one, actually, to really, really, to really do it. Mean, and that, that was and that was when we're out of alignment. And I wasn't um, I was a little confused in my in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And so I you know, I'd like to be just transparent, too, and sharing that, like my heart for um, missions kind of morphed into a different type of missions in the sense of wanting to be doing ministry within the church. Yeah. And so when we got married and my, I changed my major and I started doing internships and I had like, I was a youth pastor for a little while and then I was doing women's ministries, even as a young mom with three little kids that mm. were under four, I was involved in four to six different ministries, running four of them, participating in two. And I was running myself ragged and I was doing them all alone. They were all like women's ministry type things. And you would, of course, take us to church together. We yeah. One of those ministries we did together with the Families yeah. Matter Mini Church. But yeah. there was an element where spiritually we weren't growing super close together because I was going this way, you were going this way with work, and we had like one or two things that were keeping us together, but it was too much. And I would say you're dragging the kids around everywhere and they exactly. weren't and they weren't the focus. Yeah. And so and that's a whole nother story, but the the short of it is that I realized Praise the Lord that I realized by the time we had our third baby, she was six weeks old. I 
came home super convicted and told Isaac, I think I am not in the season of life where I should be serving in ministry. I need to be focused on my kids so that I'm not disqualified later because there's issues with my kids. Yeah. And it wasn't that there were problems. It was just I didn't want there to be in the future. And well, so I guarantee I, you we wouldn't have a lot of kids if you kept that path because you would have been uh, it, you would have ingrained that addiction to yes. ministry and not being it a mom. Really, it really was. Yeah. It was actually. And what he's talking about when he says addiction is that if you were to if I was to be honest at that season in my life, I found a lot of value in my identity in doing those ministries, in running the mom's mm. group, in starting the mentoring programs or different things like that. And that was harmful for me because it distracted me from my first mission as a wife and a mom. Yeah. And I, so I resigned from all of them. Yeah. And yeah. So we're going to dive in. That was the longest intro we've ever done, but we wanted a little backstory on it. Yeah. But um, we're going to go into the four points. But first, the Parenting Mentor Program is is proven now with the hundreds of parents that have gone through it to be a crucial, fundamental thing for good, struggling, and great parents. I mean, and ki- with kids of all ages. And with kids of all ages. And it's a, it's the foundational truth with lots of practical stuff. It's 10 hours of curriculum, self-paced, online with that live engagement uh if you want it with us and mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing what's happening so let's uh listen in to what people are saying about it steve and i realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children what angie and isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal this program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Awesome. So uh, let's dive in here. Point number one, aligned mission. So important to have an aligned mission. And if you have an aligned mission, that connotates there's good communication happening. That's right. And so this actually, I'm just going to say it, it takes the leader having some vision. Yes. Because you have to think about what your mission is and you have to affirm, you have to discuss that with your wife. You guys have to agree on it together. Yeah. And be encouraging each other and reminding each other constantly what that aligned mission and is. It, and if you're as the leader of your family, which the Bible says the husbands are, mm-hmm. um, it means that you have to follow through on whatever the vision is. If you cast something with your wife or your family and you don't live it, is she going to trust that the next time? Right. That's going to be hard for her to follow. Now, if she's a good submissive wife, she still will because mm-hmm. uh, that's biblical. But let's make it easy on our wives by being men of character that follow through. That's good. It's so important. But yeah, you got to communicate. You've got to be thinking. You've got to include the Holy Spirit in helping you and prompting you mm-hmm. what is important about and what you're going to do. And it's not making this big list so your family's way too busy to actually have 
the fruitfulness of dinner time together. Yeah. So beware yeah. of those things. But there should be an aligned mission of what your marriage is about. And I would say that there are some simple missions that every marriage is called to. Oh, love it. In Christ. Yeah. So if you're a believer, here are just a couple things that come to mind off the top of my head. You are part of the Great Commission. Yeah. How is your marriage fulfilling the Great Commission? Well, if you guys are discipling your kids, that's one. So that should be somewhere in your mission. If you guys are part of a church community, how are you using your gifts within the church community as one, mm-hmm. right? Um, are you somehow encouraging other younger couples? If you are a little bit older, are you pursuing people who are older? That Titus two relationship, right? Um, another would be whatever vocations you're a part of currently, yeah. um, looking at how you can be a part of the Great Commission together in that, whether that's inviting a coworker over for dinner with his family yeah. and your wife and you're practicing hospitality. Um, what about neighbors, neighborhoods? I could go on. You guys get the point. There are many things that we are called to as Christians in loving our neighbors as ourselves, and being given to hospitality. Yeah. And those are just some of the basic Christian things. And if you're, the more you're in the word, the more those are going to become, um, oh, you're just going to become more aware of them. So true. Ephesians 2.10 says, uh, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, mm-hmm. which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He prepared our good works beforehand and we should walk in them. Yeah. We mean, we don't figure out our own works. No. And this is why it's so important to know the word of God because yeah. it's it, it is actually not hard to create a vision of like, oh, I want to be successful. I want my kids mm. to grow up and know the Lord. Like you it's easy to write all that kind of stuff on paper. Sure. Right. But to know what God wants for you, you have to know the word. And when you read this scripture, you go, Oh, he he already has a plan for me. Now, this kind of flooded questions are coming in people's minds right now. Well, how do I I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, how do I how do I know what God really wants for me? What's the purpose of my life? Well, he does share it in here. Yes. It is to uh, be kingdom-minded, uh, but he gives us different gifts and talents and yeah. things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, The more yeah. that you are knowing him yeah. and knowing yourself and who he views you to be, the more you're able to know other people and be an active part of his plan and his body. And let me just say, you do need to trust that God is prompting you. So if you're in the word and you're in the spirit and you're asking God to guide you and give Mm -hmm. you direction, then you do just have to make some decisions. The worst thing you could do is not be an indecision because you didn't hear an audible voice of God, which you shouldn't be expecting. Right, exactly. So, And I, I think too that we as Christians need to realize if we're thinking on meditating on Christ all the time, yeah, regardless of what we're doing, like I can be doing a podcast or on a totally different topic and still have Christ on my mind and in my heart so much that he just comes out of everything I do. That's how we're supposed to be as Christians. We don't compartmentalize Jesus onto Sundays or just with family. It's in every, he is in everything. He's given us every jurisdiction, every responsibility, every job, everything like material thing we have, right? He's he's given us relationships. Yeah. He, you know, and we have a responsibility to steward all those things with him in mind, with and, his mission in mind. And some of this, right? So as a husband, you have a job, I'm assuming, you know, that's probably not changing right now. So, but have you 
made your wife feel like she's part of that mission. Not that she's, you're not making her the provider. That wouldn't be biblical. But you're just making her feel part of that. And have you talked about like, you know, what is the mission purpose behind parenting? What is the purpose beyond our marriage? We're doing this together, honey. You know, what yeah. what are what are some things that you want to do this year as a family that are kingdom minded and focused? Yeah. And what are the spiritual growth initiatives? And I have an example that yeah. might be helpful for some couples. Yeah. So when you go to do your training, that's like three days, six days a month, mm-hmm. right? Isaac travels and he goes. And before he leaves, he always goes, Hey, thanks for taking care of the kids and doing this. And he kind of gives me this little pep talk before he leaves, which makes me feel more prepared and handled for doing it. But then I know, because I know his heart, because we're one, Mm -hmm. and I know his heart for God, I know that when he's leaving, yeah, he's going for work, but it's not work to him. Like, it's mission Mm -hmm. for him. And so then when he's on his trip, if he's calling us, he's like, oh, yeah, I got to share the gospel with the Uber driver. And he's like, and he's sharing all these things. And so I have to tell you guys, like, I feel part of what he's doing when he's going to run a training for Mm. a business, you guys. I know I'm sending out a missionary. My husband's going out as a missionary. And then he comes back with all these stories. Oh, yeah, I was able to talk to this person, that person. And it's just really, it makes me feel like I'm part of the team. And that yeah. our our ministry, because we're one, yeah. is expanding Yes. when you go out. And so do you as a wife feel like your mission expands and the territory expands every time your husband goes to work? Now, unfortunately, too many people compartmentalize their life and so there's my work me and then there's my home me and then there's me with my friends and then there's me over here and we should be uh integrity actually part of the word comes from uh at least used in the wood world where uh, a board that has poor integrity has knots in it and weaknesses in it so it's not solid throughout so it's breakable Mm -hmm. and so you want to be the kind of man that's not breakable and is solid throughout meaning Wherever you are, you're the same. And really I understand good. in certain aspects of um, work, you can't like be sharing the gospel. When I'm actually doing those trainings, I'm not sharing that with mm-hmm. anybody, but yeah. around it in the travels and things that mm-hmm. uh, I can, I do. And, you know, it's just, it's a mindset that God wants in all of us of the Great Commission. And if we don't have that mindset, how can you be on mission together for mm-hmm. the mission God put in all of our hearts to have? And I think, too, that it, it's not something that's contrived, Yeah, actually. it When you love God, you just love him. And he's on your mind wherever you go. So when when I go to the grocery store, does is there any less of God on my mind? No, I might have my grocery list on my mind. Yeah. But I'm also thinking about God. I'm thinking about what I was reading in the Bible. I'm thinking about how that sister exhorted me. I'm just thinking about heavenly things. Right? Yeah. Pure things. And then when I meet somebody and they seem sad, the cashier, like, hey, how you doing today? And I make eye contact with them. And they're like, you're the first person. Like, all of our cashiers know me by first name. So cool. And Great I, I example just think for it's important. Kids. So the most powerful team in the world is the marriage team. And I stand by, behind that. Yeah. You might think, oh, wait a minute. What about these other teams? What about this NBA team? Or nope. No. No. Kingdom-minded. What is the most powerful team? It starts in the home. Your home is an embassy, mm-hmm. and from it emanates um, the saltiness that God is talking about. And it's the image bearer of Christ and the church to the world. Yeah. An NBA team isn't that. No. They can be lights to the world as 
individuals. And, and if a whole team was a Christian, it could be a, a light to the world representing Christ. But a marriage is a different representation that's so awesome. And when you get excited about that team and your marriage team is is, is powerful and useful for the kingdom, then you start as a husband, you start thinking about, hmm, how can we make our team even better? How can we, you know, what are the stats of our team? You know, okay, so what's mm-hmm. what are the results of this last year? You know, and you can start to think like that if you have a mind like that. Some guys do, right? They, mm-hmm. they know all the players of the sports team they like and all these things. Mm-hmm. Just apply that to your marriage. It's pretty cool. You can start thinking about it. It's fun. Yeah, so, so um, good. Number two, growth and perseverance together. And I would say that this aspect of growth, this is something that, God really taught you through the business world and you applied it to home. Yeah, I I always thought about like, why do I persevere when others don't? That's really where it stemmed from. And and what happens in that perseverance? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever experienced a really tough thing and you persevered, but in the process, you're like, wow, this is really hard. The Mm -hmm. old me would have given up right here, but I'm not giving up. And then you saw the fruit of not giving up on whatever that was. Mm -hmm. And there's a process that you went through that you might not be aware of. And as we talk about this, it'll go, wow, that's actually true. That's what happened to me. And when you're able to label this process well, then it's motivating to persevere through the challenges. And you recognize them when challenges come, when tests come, when... Trials, pain, suffering, when any of these types of things transition, like a new job, a new baby, when new seasons come to your life, you don't just let them happen to you, but you recognize them for what they are, which is a test. Yeah. And your previous experiences of having grown through previous challenges or tests give you the motivation to persevere in the new one, actually, because you have fruit, you're able to look back in hindsight and go, Mm -hmm. oh, look at how I grew. It may not have been like a matter of like um, getting things, right? Like material things, but the spiritual growth, the maturity, the emotional growth, the mental growth, even just the experience, you look back on it with a different perspective to where you're not trying to avoid challenges. Right. Right. We don't want to glorify challenges or hardships or suffering by any means. We always want to glorify God. But recognizing that there is a very special purpose for those things in our life changes everything. So this is uh, some original stuff that God probably planted in my heart and you as well and and that we've used together. And um, and as part of our marriage that I'm going to give you, and it's really a tool. So if only one of you is listening right now, make sure you share this tool with the other because it's a powerful tool and and ha- make sure both of you listen to this episode. It's super important. By the way, I just are these episodes just for the wives? No. No. I am not here for the wives. Sorry. I'm here for the husbands. <laughs> I am here. I'm here for the wives. I got you back. <laughs> uh, d- men rising I mean, up, rejecting I'm, passivity, leading their families. I will can I exhort you for a second? Yeah, I know that always. you I know that you what you're meaning, but just in case someone's listening, they might go, oh, that didn't feel so nice. And we are here for our brothers and sisters. Yeah, Christ. totally. I we just, love all of you guys, but yeah. I get what you're saying. You're representing the men's side and trying to kind of challenge them to be resolute, right? Yeah, absolutely. Super important. So um, so we're going to go through this. I'm going to read scripture first, Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And so this 
cycle, we would call it, is uh, a process. And you always start with, and the reason, let me first say this, often we get asked, I couldn't even imagine, or people say to us having eight kids, or uh, how in the world, Angie, did you write a book while having five kids at the time? I just got that message this you know, morning. Or yeah. uh, Isaac, how do you, you, you know, you guys got a church going, you got the ministry, you're traveling for this work, you got eight kids, you seem like intentional dad. I get a lot of questions about these things. How did yeah. How do these happen? And, and none of us are better than any, anybody. Mm -hmm. We're all equal in God's eyes. We all have an unbelievable potential. In fact, if we were to view ourselves in the way God actually sees us, it would be incredible. And we all have the same amount of hours in a day. We do. <laughs> but what's different is our capacity mm -hmm. and what we're able to handle and that comes through experience. There's a reason there's qualifications mm -hmm. for elders in a church, and it in the Bible makes sure that they're older. That they're old, they have experience. Okay, they experience have children that are older is a that are walking with the Lord. Because, yeah. but you can accelerate your experience and your capacity. And mm -hmm. when you understand this, it becomes motivating to do this more, and it leads to more fruitfulness. Whatever you would call fruitfulness in your mm -hmm. life. Okay. Now, I would say that in addition, as we're going through this from a biblical perspective, this is also a image of spiritual maturity, Yeah. right? We've got maturity happening on many different levels, not just spiritual, emotional maturity, mental maturity, experiential <laughs> maturity. Mm -hmm. And that... There are, there are two different kinds of wisdom, right? There's the wisdom that comes from scripture that is just absolute truth. Anybody can read it and go, oh, God warns me that mm -hmm. if I walk in the way of the wicked, I will suffer harm. That is a truthful warning that makes sense. That's wise, right? Yeah. And anybody can preach that at any point in their life. Like my nine-year-old could teach that, right? Yeah. Then there's wisdom that comes from having lived life having made mistakes even, and looking back and having the hindsight. Yeah, it's so true. And so it starts with, and you could call this different things, but it's where you're at. Um, if you're in business, you could call it your success level. Uh, you could call it um, what I'm able to handle right now, where I'm at. And your we always- current state. Your current state. You always have yeah. where you're at and then where you want to go. Yeah. Maybe that's with your relationships with other women. Maybe mm -hmm. that's with your- um, obedience with your kids. You're at a certain place or number of kids you have. Wow, I don't feel like I can handle, handle more than that. And the, we've all had these feelings. And what happens is whenever you set out to do something more than where you're at, or you're at a success level and you're trying to reach a new success mm -hmm. level, then inevitably what always comes, you know this, is the tests. Yeah, It always comes. But if we know that ahead of time, we are anticipating it. And if we can make a decision before the tests come, then no matter what the tests are, I'm going to persevere because this is a good thing. I believe this is what God wants me to do. It's going to sanctify me. It's sanctify, and there's fruit out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but for whatever reason, the, the tests do come. And a lot of times people hit the test and then they recede. They hit the test and recede and then they have regret in their life because we are they meant never to make grow progress. past the test is yeah. what you're saying yeah so if this was like a cir a circle or like a yeah. an image on a on a shell right a spiral mm -hmm. you would be at your spot that you're at and then you start you're living life and oh a new baby's born life transition that's really hard new things we need yeah. to find our new normal 
And if you don't engage, yeah, right? The key is if you don't engage, you'll bounce back and forth between that test and where you were, where you are over and over again and never grow past that. And you'll see your kids do the same thing because they follow your example. Right. And so one word we don't allow in our family is the word can't. Because if someone says, I can't, mm-hmm. when they're tested, then what are they staying at? Yeah. They're staying at their same capacity for what they can right. handle in life. And it's interesting. I actually was, Isaac helped me to teach this. This is something that he's used for many years in business. Like, I don't know, like 16 years. I don't Mm. even know. And um, we used it for marriage seminars. But I just ran a women's retreat and I was sharing this because I was teaching them visioneering and this concept of this growth cycle, Mm -hmm. right? How to grow. It's a growth capacity cycle. And um, one of the women sitting there in the church, as I was describing the going back forth, back and forth, she goes, it's like the Israelites. Yeah. They went back and forth. They, so, they were, wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses they were got stuck. so bored with their complaints because they kept having the same complaints over and yes. over and over again, even after God would reveal himself. Yeah. So then as I, I just have to share this with you. So as women, we just sat and we, we brainstormed what are the things that keep us stuck Mm-hmm. In that thing. And I think it's an important thing to point out because some of the things that keep you stuck is grumbling, complaining, doubt, justifying sin, doubt, doubting ourselves that we're fear. getting up. Are we worthy? Yes. And fear, fear yeah. is a huge one. Not um, like fearing what other people will think if you do this thing that's going to be potentially the answer for getting out of the issue you're having. Like, say you have a health problem. Yeah. And normal medicine's not working, right? And so you start seeking alternative medicine, which in your community looks kind of wonky. Like, woo, what are they doing? They're going, they're using homopathy, what is that, right? Because there's a lot of places in the US that are still that way. And then they start experiencing relief because, oh, how ironic, God created plants for our healing and they're finding out that that actually works. And so they're they're fearful though. What are people going to think? Yeah. So maybe they don't do it and they stay stuck with this health issue. Or it could be um, fear of success. You're like, what? Or yeah. fear of doing well. You know, that could be, wow, what are people going to think when I have my fourth kid? I was just thinking of that. So, or what are people going to think if I choose to homeschool? What are people, like, we I've all already had. I've already had this relative tell me, hey, three is perfect. You shouldn't have any more kids. That's what I had. And that is all you can handle. I remember when we heard that from a relative. So it's super yeah. important to... Uh, be on your journey mm-hmm. and to let God be prompting your spirit about what's right for yes. your family. And we're not saying everybody should have a large family. We're just mm-hmm. using examples here. Yeah. But um, another, you should be listening to what God's saying. Yeah. So and then another thing that I think is important as far as like moving past that testing experience, two things come to mind. A few more examples would be justifying sin because people get stuck in sin. Oh, yeah. Right. And if they are blame shifting, that's one form of. Um, a way that people get stuck in their sin and they don't ever grow out of it, right? They don't fully live in the freedom of Christ because they're not taking responsibility. They're not confessing it publicly to someone and getting accountability and getting that help because we're the body, right? We're supposed to hold each other accountable. So So there's that. But then there's also the element of I need my spouse. This is where marriage is so powerful because sometimes – one of us could be in sin or maybe struggling with fear. Or- well, let's use an example. So when we were 1.5 or 6 million in, in debt, mm-hmm. um, someday I'll tell you how that happens. Uh, business going out, but yeah. um, no income coming in, lost our assets and um, very troubling time. My wife and my kids were there and committed to me despite my own mistakes and just bad things that happened. It wasn't all 
my doing, but mm-hmm. it, I did make decisions to do these things and um, in all those things. And what did we know as a married couple? We knew we were in one of the biggest tests of our life. Yeah. And are we going to recede and let it destroy us? Uh, because sometimes if you don't push through the test in that example, if you don't push through the test, it could have destroyed our marriage, could have destroyed our family, all kinds of oh, things. Totally. There's men that have, you know, done horrible things to themselves when bad things like that happen. So yeah. I, but we have an awesome God. We knew God was refining us. And, there, and we knew there would be, that this was an opportunity to grow. Like yeah. that was our perspective. I remember us going, well, this is what we have reaped yep. from what we've sown. Exactly. And we're not going to make that mistake again. So we just need to look forward and we need to work really hard and we need to be faithful. And it was actually God. Sometimes in the challenge, we go, why is this happening to me? But the challenge is God steering you sometimes because we don't get steered in the good times. So sometimes we don't allow God to steer us when things are so good that he wants to take away so that he steers us in the direction that's more fruitful. One example would be, if you're making a lot of money as a business owner in a specific business and you feel God calling you to leave that to do ministry, which is also something that we've experienced, right? Yeah. And you're like, well, how would I that provide for family? Yeah, I'm just going to keep. And you, you intend to do it someday, and yeah. you're even thinking maybe right away, but then it's just, oh, then life happens and your car breaks down. Well, we need to stay with this for a couple more months. Yeah. There's always going to be something. And so to step out in faith, sometimes it, God takes those things away. Yeah, he does. And so the tests, we spent a lot of time on that because that's the key part of this thing. Yeah. When you persevere through the tests, which, by the way, I have a scripture for that. You guys know the verse in James 1, 2 through 4, um, which is, um, let's see, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives liberally. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, super key is that um, God wants us to make it through the test. And on the other side of the test are growth. It's new growth, whether it's spiritual growth, mm-hmm. um, it's the lessons we've learned. It's mm-hmm. um, we have a we are growing our capacity through this process for more because we've been through something. Have you ever um, like think three five years ago where you thought something was a really big deal and then you overcame it and today you're like I can't believe I made that such a big deal. That is such a small thing. Well, it's kind of like when your kids spill milk and they freak out about it, and you're yeah. like, it's just spilled milk. Maybe you freak out about it. I'll tell you, I when I was a mom and with my first few kids, if they spilled milk, it was like, ah. And I'd even do that out loud. And I'm, I, I am ashamed to say that. <laughs> Here, I'm just announcing it to the whole world. But I struggled with control when I yeah. was first a mom, right? Yeah. Not as much now. Eight kids has been a boot camp. I'm much more refined. I'm like, uh-oh, oopsies, yeah. <laughs> your perspective's just different. Yeah, and then when you go, get, go through that growth, there's favor. So we have test, growth, favor as the spiral is completing. And we're getting back up to the top here. And uh, favor looks different. It, we're not health and wealth gospel at all. No. So we're not saying that uh, when God gives you tests and you make it through, you're getting financial favor. That's not it. Now, yeah. th- does that happen sometimes? Yeah. There are sowing and reaping in this world, and there's spiritual laws, and um, there are aspects of that that happen. But that's not what God is 
promising. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's favor in spiritual growth. There's mm-hmm. favor in uh, stronger relationships, stronger marriage. It's kind of like uh, we've we've got. I've at least thought about this word like a lot because favor is really a great example, actually, because it's a bestowing of something from God to us, right? Mm-hmm. Which if there's ever any kind of growth in us, we know that that's from God because every good thing comes from him and we wouldn't have grown if it wasn't for being able to rely on him in the hard time to get to where we are, right? Yeah. And so I like favor is like I'm going to do you a favor. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to I'm going to give you this, right? And God does give us something and it's usually in the form of emotional growth, spiritual wisdom. growth, marriage growth, mm-hmm. family growth, wisdom. I mean, there's so many different aspects and I think that what's important here is that we look back and we give God the glory. Yes. Once we experience that, it's our responsibility as Christians to give glory where it's due. It's not because we, I mean, yes, we are making choices along the way. We're mm-hmm. choosing to engage in ver- versus like not engage and get stuck, mm-hmm. right? We have to make the choice to persevere through it. But that's not like I will say losing Selah, for example. I could not have done that without God. Yeah. I would have been depressed, potentially even suicidal. I mean, I yeah. don't know. There who know, there are so many hard things we walk through in this life that walking through those things with Christ, there is joy, there is hope, there is peace, there is Amen. perseverance. And so who deserves the credit if we go through something? Not us. Yeah. It, God wants us to glorify him. He wants us to, to tell people, look what God did when he had that challenge and he took you out of it. Now, are you, you're a partner in a way because did you have to take action? Yeah, you, you did some of it. That's fine. It's a mutual God did credit it in here. Us. Yeah. God did it through us. and We partnered with him by... Yeah. By allowing him to do the sanctifying, but he work. wants the glory, not you. So that's right. And so you have favor, and now you have a new place that you're at, or success level in business, or whatever it is. The growth capacity, growth capacity, and your capacity has grown in that process. And so now, the more times you go through that cycle in your life, the greater your capacity is of what you can handle. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, be, we weren't people that could handle having eight kids. No. When we had three kids. No. We were we were capable of having a fourth kid. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see what and, I mean? and the boot camp happened in the pregnancy, yeah. in the postpartum, right? Or handling tell- all the moving parts yeah. and the things going on or um, adding in homeschooling when you have your fourth. That yeah. was super hard. I mean, there are lots of things that doing we could talk a about. vineyard in the midst of it, and all these things. And right we're not. And this isn't for our ego. This no. is just examples of how we've had a progression of we've had a lot of testing periods, but we've, we've also, also had a lot of growth, and yeah. we've had a lot of favor. But we've, we've also ups and downs. chosen to step into hard things, which yes. I think is important because a lot of times people want to play it safe, play yeah. life safe. Yep. And you you want to be wise, but hey. Hats off. Like, what? what is the limit? Sky's the limit with God. Really. Yeah, look at this now. Like, I can't believe where we're at now. And there's more tests ahead for sure. We're not looking yeah. for them, but we're just willing to be obedient to God and do what he wants and not shrink back from his callings, even if they're hard mm-hmm. things to do. And we know that there might be challenges ahead. Yeah. Um, but now full-time ministry, we're doing things together. You're full-time mom. Yeah. And that goes into the third point, which is biblical roles are mm-hmm. super, super important. And I would say that to start off this point, biblical roles in relation to the growth cycle, mm-hmm. I mentioned it just a little bit mm-hmm. that you get, you, we all have times where we're down. 
There are times when I'm down, Isaac picks me up, reminds me of who I am, reminds me of the mission, whatever it is, and vice versa, right? Yeah. Because we are human, but that's why God partnered us up with the team member that we have, which is our spouse. And God wants us to, that's how we glorify him. That's how we're able to get through this growth cycle, actually, yeah. is when you get going through the test, you have to be there for each other, reminding each other of the truth, maybe sometimes helping each other to take thoughts captive, Yeah. right? And so how many times do women maybe get discontent with the provision that's coming in if they are a one-income family? Yeah. And instead of like, encouraging their husbands and believing in them and being content and pursuing God in contentment, they try to go and fix it by just taking on another job. Now I'm I'm not saying getting a job is bad. I'm not I'm not saying that any kind of work is bad. Um, I do work on the side with Young Living, mm, right? And yeah. that's that's time. And you offer me time to do that um, because that is also like for me, it's an aspect of ministry, yep. right? And it <clears throat> benefits our family. It's, yeah. you know, and so I'm not saying, I just want to make sure I'm not saying that to make you to take any opinion about that. But in biblical roles, you have to remind each other. I just want to bring up Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. And, you know, and then it goes on again. If two lie together, they keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? And anyway, it just, it continues on and on. It's a really neat passage of scripture. It was the one that I was thinking of earlier in this podcast, because that's testing. Yeah. If someone falls is a test. If someone's cold and shivering that, you know, and they're alone, that's a test. And praise God for marriage. Yeah. He gives us one to help us through that test. Here's the thing that God puts structure in marriage in the biblical roles. The wife is equal in value to the husband, but with different roles. And that goes with leadership. You don't see anywhere where there's teams or businesses or organizations where there's a whole bunch of equal leaders in roles, like, um, and it going super well. So mm -hmm. all equal value, but different roles. So that's super important. So Ephesians um, 5.22 and on it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church. He gave himself up for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word and on and on and on. The key here is that um, submission uh, mm -hmm. I thought you had a great way of saying that, honey. What, why don't yeah. you talk about that? So submission is submission, which sub means to go under, to be yeah. under. And so the way that I view it is to be under my husband's mission. And can, can I just say, are you behind your husband's mission? Are you together? Is there a marriage mission? We, that was our number one point is to have an aligned mission. We gave you some examples of very clear missions that all marriages have from God that are biblical. But there are also personal missions, right? Mm -hmm. There's that individual aspect of how God has created 
us each unique with a purpose, with a mission, with gifts and talents that are different. And so when he puts one of his people who is uniquely designed in a marriage with another one of his people who's uniquely designed, they have a unique gift set, yes. right? And so like a lot of times people will be like, oh, your, your podcast, right? They're, they talk about how we just go back and forth and God just wired us that way. Yeah. You know, and that's just one aspect of the body of Christ. I would say wired us also, but we also worked at this through experiences we've done together. Yeah, that's true. And, but God planned those beforehand, Mm -hmm. right? He 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 prepared us for those experiences and we passed those tests. I, I wasn't always good at speaking. Yeah. Like I, when I started, I actually hated public speaking. I sang and led worship. I remember meeting with you. Yes. Teaching you how to make your outline. And so stuff. this is the thing, like growing up, my parents were always worship leaders. I yeah. did worship a lot. So being in front of people wasn't something that was like hard, like I had never done it before, but I didn't know how to speak thoughts, mm. like how to think and, you know. For the purpose of influence. Exactly. And you influence that. So see how marriage can sometimes, we rub off on each other as mm. iron sharpens iron also to fulfill a greater mission that God had for us. Yes. That maybe if I was alone, I would have never grown in that skill set. I know I wouldn't have. Mm. And so it's it's just you look at your marriage and go, okay, what is what are the tools we have? Right. And yeah. hey, actually our friends Jen and Aaron, they wrote a book called Marriage After God. And Great they have book. A, a section called the toolbox. What yes. has God put in you your toolbox? That, that actually reminds me of that. And um and so I just would encourage you guys to evaluate where you're at and have realistic expectations. Don't compare to other people. Don't compare other marriages, other giftings, but be purposeful with what God's given you and steward it. Amen. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And that's point four. God must be the center of your marriage. And when God's Mm -hmm. the center of your marriage, um, you have him to rely on. You are both moving naturally in the same direction. If God isn't the center of your marriage uh, for one of you, uh, then mm-hmm. you're going to be moving in different directions. And I can't imagine marriage without having the Holy Spirit vibrant in us and putting God at the center of it. Yeah, That would be so hard. And if that's you, I'm sorry to hear that. And, um, you know, just I'll be praying, you know, if, if your spouse is not putting God at the center of your yeah. marriage. I think that one of the encouragements I have is, do you remember that image that I made? I mean, people have been using this for probably centuries, but um, back when we were going through our really big financial struggle because the business failed and mm-hmm. we were like on the cusp and I just found out I was pregnant with Selah. Which by the way, God took all that away. That debt's all gone. Amazing. Praise God. Miraculously. Praise God. A lot of hard work. Praise God. Praise God that he did that. Um, but I remember sitting in the RV. I think we shot a Facebook Live. Do you remember this? And when you're talking about unity and life struggles, mm. and we were in the midst of the hardest storm. I was like a month away from losing the baby. Yeah. We had no idea what was right around the corner. And we talked about how we've grown closer through the trial and the storm. Yeah. And it was because I was seeking hard after God. You were seeking hard after God. And so it's like, it, it created this um, collision, like the tip of a triangle. I'm over here, point A, you're over here, point B, and we're both seeking after God, and we we find each other at it's the center where God is. It's a beautiful picture of unity, is. yeah. And it's, it's something that we need to be practicing, whether things are hard or not. Even if you're on a mountaintop and things are going amazing, if you aren't seeking God or your wife isn't seeking God, you will start to drift apart in your mission. You will start to drift apart in everything because God has to be the center in order for himself to be 
fully glorified and for us to be fully experiencing his presence and walking in his spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you may think that things are good. You may not have these huge, enormous prayer requests, right? Because there's nothing really bad happening. You must be seeking hard after God to experience growth at any point in your life, whether it's a trial, a valley, or a mountaintop. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.